What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 Cleveland Browns ahead of training camp? It's time to break it down right here, right now, as we begin another week and another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, we're up to the Cleveland Browns in terms of our off-season previews, looking at all 32 teams. We're doing it through key questions, asking three of each team. The Browns put us right in the middle of the AFC North. That means that uh, we've covered the entire NFC the AFC East as well. So if you missed any of those teams, check it out in our archives. We do have on deck all the teams of the AFC South and the AFC West, as well as uh, one more team coming up uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the next show from the North. So Browns, however, get the spotlight today, looking at Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, and this uh, wide receiver slash tight end core, what we're going to expect from them in fantasy. We'll break that down for you here on the show and really uh, take a deep dive into seeing where the best values are. Do we trust Deshaun Watson? How high is Nick Chubb's ceiling? And are we going to get some more help beyond Amari Cooper in this uh, receiving game in fantasy football? All right, let's uh, ask the big question. Will Deshaun Watson become Deshaun Watson? You know what I mean. He wasn't Deshaun Watson last year. Of course, he served that suspension, was only available for six games as Jacoby Brissett started 11 games for the Browns. His numbers were not good overall. QB 35, that's where he finished. Uh, Despite all that uh, time missed, he couldn't make up ground because he was only QB 24 in average scoring. Somehow, however, he's all the way back at QB 10 among the QB ones in the top 12 at the position here in 2023. Now, let's look at his numbers before he took that year off in 2021 with the holdout, the issues, the off-field and all that. He had the suspension that he served for 11 games in 2022. So that's a total of uh, 28 games missed. So he was pretty rusty when he returned. He pretty much showed that. Look at the numbers before 2022, looking at the years 18 through 20. His uh, prime year starting with the Texans. QB5, QB2, QB6 numbers. Those were pretty prolific we saw last year flashes of that it took until week 17 18 however uh, maybe the latter not having much relevance for fantasy football to see Deshaun Watson put up those pleasing numbers only 58.2 completion percentage last year that really hurt some of his uh, potential of course not getting over the 60 percent mark at least 1,102 yards passing seven TDs and a five interceptions so not a very good ratio there 175 yards rushing and a TD 
there. It wasn't great because you look at it, 184 yards passing per game. I know it's a run-heavy offense with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. It didn't really uh, change all that much with Watson and their rusty over Brissett. Over the full season, it would have been pretty disappointing here with uh, 20 TDs, 14 interceptions, not a lot of rushing per game, less than uh, 20 yards, 496 would have been the total if he had played all 17 with those projections. Now, Jacoby Brissett, we know, was limited. He didn't put up nearly as many yards, so actually Watson upped the average a little bit there with his uh, passing, but he finished as QB 24 overall after those 11 games. So that's not terrible given he didn't start six games, but still not big numbers there for this team. And when you look at it overall, if they had uh, put their numbers together, 3,710 yards, so not close to 4,000 quite. 19 TDs, 12 interceptions, 418 rushing yards. So Watson upgraded the team, but not as much as you would have thought here to push those numbers up. So this offense is not new, but he's still getting used to it. It is also run first, two tight end offense. They were a 48% running team. That's a very high number from last year. They're not going to deviate too much just because they have Watson. Watson can also play a factor in that running as well. They were the eighth most frequent running team last year. Part of it is also they trailed at times and couldn't stick with the run. But that's what they want to do. They've got that offensive line with all those studs up front. Jedrick Wills, you got uh, Jack Conklin, just guys that you can pound behind uh, there. If you look at Wyatt Teller just and Joel Batonio, just guys that you want to run behind and pound other teams and hopefully turn games over to your defense. And that's how the Browns need to win games this year in this uh, black and blue uh, high-scoring division. they got to maybe change it up a little bit because they can't win shootouts, especially with the Bengals or Ravens that way. They need to grind things out, play some defense here. So the Watson profile says – He's not going to throw a ton. Keep in mind, they had some bad Texans defenses, even with J.J. Watt, where he had a high volume. He also was willing to throw the ball downfield. Also, keep in mind that this Browns team is probably going to use more 12 personnel. Stefanski, that was his calling card when he would go back to Minnesota before he got the job in Cleveland. So 12 personnel is going to limit the three receiver sets that Watson maybe likes. He's going to have to adjust to that. It was a bit of a struggle last year. And we're not sure if he's uh, damaged goods at this point. Uh, did the time off change him as a quarterback? Is this the right, wrong type of offense? We don't have the sample size. So very high-risk, high-reward player is Deshaun Watson. I don't think you'll get close to that reward. I mean, look at the ceiling of this offense with the running. You just don't have a lot of availability for big, big numbers in Cleveland and Look, I know there's some deficiencies in some of the defenses in this division, but the Ravens still have a lot of playmakers. The Steelers are pretty tough. And you got the Bengals with Trey Hendricks and some other guys that can get after the quarterback. So you're not going to see explosive games necessarily here from the quarterback, even if you have to throw a little bit more. But you'd expect the Browns to stay grounded. So I think this is way too aggressive of a ranking. And Watson has pushed down a lot of guys that I would rather look at here that were pretty reliable last year that are not getting loved, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, some of these guys that put up the numbers and are only in improved situations this year versus Watson. I'm not sure a situation has improved all that much. Not much change in the receiving core, not much change in the offense. It just means it's going to start, but it's not like six games was a very limited sample size. That's an ample amount of time to understand. Again, the biggest thing is going to be does the full offseason – and getting into the mix and knowing he's going to be out there in week one, change the outlook and settles Watson a little bit more to try to earn that contract. Or does it put more pressure on him to say, I've got to come out and play well it, again. Everything could just be very risky here. So bottom line is if you're going to be aggressive in going and getting Deshaun Watson as a QB 10 
make sure you have a backup of streaming strong platoon option there because I would just not throw Watson out there and say, okay, I'm done at quarterback. Those were the old days, right? Definitely look at those QB5, QB2, and QB6 finishes with the Texans. Yeah, if you drafted him then in that period of time with that team, you go in that direction, but not now. I think 10, very aggressive. I still see him more as a borderline QB2 right now and put him in a situation where the matchups line up. But QB10 is still aggressive for me based on his finish last year. That's assuming a lot of jump from last year's play, and I don't know if you'll get that here in 2023 with all those factors we've discussed. All right, that's uh, one key question looking at Deshaun Watson. Will he be the old Deshaun Watson or is he the new Deshaun Watson who's not great for fantasy football as great? We'll see how that plays out, but not feeling it there. Nick Chubb, however, we are feeling with the ceiling that he has here in 2023. He'll break it down. There's good reasons for that here and uh, a lot of uh, fun and exciting things ahead for the Browns leading rusher. So good news on that front. We did tell you at the top that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Look, we're a tight-knit team here at Lockdown. We've got to find the right candidates and People that are going to bring it with our shows and insight here and uh, make sure everything's uh, tight uh, behind the scenes as well. So it's uh, important to do that, to to have that winning team in place. It's very easy. You just uh, create a free job post and uh, you'll get immediate attention already at LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. So make sure you start the year strong as we go in. It's a fiscal turnaround here in the middle of summer. The right team member can be a huge difference here down the stretch. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it is time to continue the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football and break down what we're looking at with the Cleveland Browns. Our next Part of the team we're looking at is the running situation with Nick Chubb. But thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first list day. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nick Chubb is part of a backfield that he can dominate for sure in 2020. Let's look at what happened here. Chubb, 127 vacated carries, 165 vacated touches overall from the backfield. Look at his finishes last three years, folks. He has been the biggest sure thing when you look at it. RB7, RB11, RB10, RB16. That's going back for a while. So he is just awesome. And 2018 was he put up that number for the 16, 15 ranking, depending on your format. But he's been terrific. It doesn't matter if it's half point, full point. Or standard leagues, he's delivered, and he's better than you think at half point and in, in full PPR. Look at uh, where he finished last year: RB five there in terms of overall scoring, RB six in average scoring, and now he's ranked RB six. This is low 
Like Deshaun Watson, we're being very aggressive to bump him up all the way to QB 10. But Nick Chubb, who would you rather have here? You have Christian McCaffrey. Okay, you can say Austin Eckler, but Chubb comes in right in the conversation, maybe even ahead of Eckler, given his role is going to expand. Now, keep in mind that 49 carries went to Jacoby Brissett, which is actually a good sign. That means Deshaun Watson can pick up some of that the running work by the quarterback. So big year for Nick Chubb overall. For sure, what a year when you look at uh, some of the numbers he posted, 1,525 rushing yards, 302 there with his uh, carries, 12 TDs. He also was uh, nice on the ground. He actually, I should say, threw the air on the ground when you look at that, 239-1 and on 27 catches, 37 targets. So you add it all up, 329 touches, very healthy number for Chubb, 1764 from scrimmage and 13 TDs getting that extra score through the air. So by air, by land, Nick Chubb was a dominant running back last year overall. The one thing that held him back a little bit, yeah, the receiving work, that could have been bigger. Now, why is that uh, going to go up here? He's actually a very adept receiver. What I think was kind of just assumed when they had Kareem Hunt, okay, Kareem Hunt's the receiver, he's not doing much, but look at Kareem Hunt's numbers last year. He had uh, 35 receptions. Okay, that's great. That's better than what Chubb posted. 44 targets, a little bit more, but he didn't do as much. 210 yards with that, one TD. Now you put in his rushing. Actually, Hunt was a more prolific rusher and more reliable last year in that capacity, cutting into Chubb's role, then cutting into his receiving role. 123 carries, 468 yards, three TDs. So, when you add it up, look what's available here from Kareem Hunt's absence. You have 158 touches, 678 yards, and four TDs. Now, we're not saying that's all going to go to Nick Chubb. Obviously not. He's not going to get a 500-carry workload That's or touch workload, 500 carries. He's not going to get there, but you feel confident, and there's no Dearness Johnson. He was hurt, really had a small role last year. No Hunt. You've got Jerome Ford, who can uh, cut into the work a little bit, but they didn't really address the backup situation all that much. I think they love Nick Chubb, much the way that we saw Stefanski love Dalvin Cook earlier in his uh, play-calling career with the Vikings. So now you bring in Chubb to have a bigger role. I think they're confident he can handle that. They've paid him a lot of money. They feel great about it. So if he's going to add a significant receiving role, Watch out. I think it could be just McCaffrey standing its way because it also gives him more opportunities to score. You should have more rushing opportunities as well to score. I mean, you look at the three TDs, that's not insignificant here. And Johnson also was decent at capacity when healthy. So more opportunities in the red zone. Watson's not necessarily a red zone finisher type runner. He's a scrambler, but he's not like a Cam Newton or Jalen Hurts who's going to fall over the end zone. So Chubb is still going to get that. This offense should be better overall with Watson putting Chubb in better positions to score as well. So that also is going to help Chubb overall. So Efficiency, I think Watson's going to be more willing to check down than take off and run with Chubb. Again, underrated receiver in that capacity. You know, stud of a runner, power runner, great offensive line, upgraded offense with the quarterback, good offense for running in Stefanski, good percentage of touches here. So everything lines up for Nick Chubb. So, yeah, this is a great value, folks. Even at RB6 and half point PPR, I think he's going to finish in the top three or top four. That's how good Chubb can be. I mean, all the numbers point to it. The talent is there as well. So love Nick Chubb here. Do not buy into Sean Watson hype and pumping him up there beyond where he should be. 
but Nick Chubb, there's not much higher to go with him, but I think he's a type of a runner that can finish as the RB1 overall. And again, very limited risk there. He's been one of the most durable backs that we've seen and very productive. And I think it's just his build, the way he runs. He's a smart runner. So that's it. There's a high risk that uh, does not exist there with him. And he's really a high reward, low risk player. So it is fantastic to see. So Nick Chubb banging the table for him as a hype draft pick that I believe in here in 2023. We'll ask about the receiving core in our final segment here on Locked on Fantasy Football, looking at the 2023 Cleveland Browns. Uh, Now, it's a time of year that uh, we want to address cool guys, and we want to have some things that are going to keep us cool all day long and uh, keep us uh, active and uh, feeling good about it and comfortable all the time. And uh, that's why I really love uh, my products from bird dogs, especially the shorts. They're just so comfortable there that uh, you can transition from doing something active to just chilling out, going out uh, for a beer, sitting on a patio, whatever you like to do in the summer, just uh, being out is great. Uh, Bird dogs make you look good and uh, you can't get better than their stretch khaki shorts. They're delivering to their design fitting slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving a truly sculpted looks. Bird dogs, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit you way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You want that. And also you want to stay dry as well. Bird dogs use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. It's a Fun. I'm wearing them now. Just uh, very comfortable here. And uh, again, I got a free tumbler Yeti style with my order there that you can check out as well. Really, I wear bird dogs all the time in the summer. That's my go-to short now. I mean, I, I will not look back. There's just so much comfort and fun wearing my bird dogs all day. And uh, if you go to birddogs.com slash NFL and you enter the local locked NFL, you will get a free Yeti-style tumbler that I mentioned with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL. Promo code LockedNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. And uh, sit there with your bird dogs tumbler, chill out in your backyard with your bird dog shorts. You're going to have a great summer of fun and comfort. All right, it is uh, time to close the show here at Lockdown Fantasy Football. Ask that key question about the Browns receiving core. Is there anything other than Amari Cooper to see here? It's a trick question, yes, but it's something that we already know existed here. Now, look at the Browns, 58 vacated targets, second fewest in the NFL, so not a lot of leeway here with upgraded uh, weaponry here from what already exists. And we added a key person in the mix that's going to make it even harder to find that production now Mari cooper yeah you can rely upon him in every which way but draft him as a wide receiver too you look at uh, cooper wide receiver nine overall so again the durability being out there this guy just chugs along doesn't he it doesn't matter what team he's on raiders cowboys browns he just uh, produces and maybe one of the more underrated players because he's not exciting he doesn't necessarily light it up consistently but in the games that he gets on a roll, he's pretty reliable in fantasy. So wide receiver 16 finished as a wide receiver two in terms of average points per game. He's right there, average there. And you look at his ranking wide receiver 16. So everyone has been doing their homework, looking at the expert consensus rankings on uh, fantasy pros, half point PPR. That's a really good ranking for him. Look at the numbers from last year. Pretty smooth. Left some uh, 
catches on the table, but 78 catches, 132 targets, 1,160 yards, nine TDs. He was definitely better at home. He had a few clunkers on the road, but he kind of corrected that by the end of the year. It got a little bit more consistent wherever he played. Now let's look at the rest of the receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones finished as wide receiver 40 last year overall, so into the wide receiver four is not bad, early in the wide receiver fours, but wide receiver 52 in terms of average scoring and half-point PPR. He's ranked as wide receiver 61. The numbers from last year, he caught 96 targets, but only 61 catches there, 839 yards and three TDs. Now you add Elijah Moore to a team that pretty much uses 12 personnel most of the time. They're not a big 11 personnel team. So Elijah Moore is in there with Don Peoples-Jones cutting into the work. You also have a third-round rookie behind them on the depth chart in Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, a speedster that can make some big plays. you got Marquise Goodwin, the veteran, the big slot, still around youngster David Bell, Jalen Darden, the former Buccaneers draft pick, Anthony Schwartz, another speedster, and Jakeem Grant also on this depth chart. So all of a sudden, nine deep loaded with Mari Cooper, and I'm not sure what you're going to get from Moore and Peoples-Jones, and I think they can cut into each other. So not much behind Amari Cooper, this receiving core that we can really trust on a run-heavy team using a lot of 12 personnel and two tight end sets. That takes us to the person I think we can rely upon one more season. It is David Njoku at tight end. Harrison Bryant, he kind of separated from him a little bit. There wasn't any evenness there in terms of the receiving role. He had uh, 58 catches on 80 targets, 628 yards, and four TDs. He did finish outside of the top 12 and was a top tight end two at tight end 13 with his overall scoring half-point PPR. Tight end nine was his average, however, so he finished well inside the top 12 to be a viable starter in terms of his every week numbers. He did only play in 14 games. He's ranked at tight end 10, so a little bit of a slip there. So I think that's about where he should be in a very viable tight end you can get to start in fantasy later in drafts. I don't know if you would invest more. Now, keep in mind, he played those 14 games, so his numbers would have projected to this over 17 games. 70 catches, 763 yards, and five TDs. So every bit of solid in that work, and I think the role and reliability can go back up here again. If they use more two tight end sets – and you're not sure with Peoples-Jones and more kind of uh, fighting for those receiving targets at wide out behind Cooper, that really lines up for Njoku. I think there was a chemistry between Njoku and Watson that showed up there as well late last season. So everything lines up, and it's not just Jacoby Brissett. And again, I think you'll see a different type of Watson in this run-heavy offense, a few more check downs, shorter passes, short to intermediate to Chubb and Njoku. So high on Chubb and Njoku, Cooper stays pretty solid, but we're not going to – hype up Deshaun Watson at all. And that's, in summary, how we feel with the key questions about your 2023 Cleveland Browns. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, the Browns here. We will have on deck the Steelers. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is, yeah, the Steelers are up as we wrap up our key questions, look previewing the teams in the AFC North, and we'll turn attention to the Texans and uh, that division, the AFC South, close it out with the AFC West. So we'll get every team here before training camp gets rolling for real. And uh, thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Locked On NFL, getting the offseason insight you need there. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll check you out next time with a look at the key questions surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers.